Make your voice heard on the law offices of Rod Polston, Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line at 405-329-9000. Sound off on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, it's time for The Rush with Butkus Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. I made a joke earlier telling Caleb Kelly they're going to have to build a new indoor when Venables is done here just for all the banners and stuff that I know he's going to hang up. Like He's one of those coaches that came in right away and just changed the mindset of everybody around me, not just all the young guys like my friends that are still here. Like He's just a dog, and I just love everything about him. I've only been here for a day. I've only came to one workout, and I know that he's the real deal. Wow, build a new indoor to hang all the banners. How about that? I love it. How about that? Um, yeah, I think there's some banners to come. There's some banners to come. There's going to be a Big 12 championship one up uh, next year. I can tell you that much. Well, how about this? Uh, you know who Bud Elliott is, right? Yeah, he's on that Cover 3 podcast, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... He's he's been saying some some stupid things recently. Uh, no big deal. But um, someone know you fan like I asked him about like the Maryland because they're having this. Uh, he was trying to troll the OU fans by saying greatest teams to to not win a championship and Oklahoma's name came up a lot. And you know I asked him how many times Maryland came up and. <laughs> Because he had said that Oklahoma going to the SEC, you know, could turn out like Maryland going to the Big Ten. Which is, out of all the stupid comments the past three months, and buddy, there's been some real stupid comments out there. That one, um, that one takes the cake, man. Yeah, and he's tried to back out of it and say that it was taken out of context, and it's not. Here's the words. OU going to the SEC could end up being like Maryland going to the Big Ten. You can shape whatever context you want around that, but that's what, what he said. So he said, and this ties into to Venables, and you said they're going to win a Big 12 championship this year. I agree. I'd have them the favorite, and I think there's there's more to come. But he said a Venables' best five-year stretch includes uh, 850 Winning percentage, three Final Fours made, and three conference titles, referring to uh, Lincoln Riley. I'll write the formal apology with a feather quill and scroll and read it outside the Baker Mayfield statue. And, you know, I don't know what the five-year stretch is going to look like uh, winning percentage-wise for Oklahoma, but if they play very many more seasons in the – like, if they play the 22, 23, and 24 seasons in the Big 12. I think they win three conference championships. They're going to be knocking on that door really, really yeah. quickly. Which, by the way, I do need to clarify. Toby corrected me and sent me a text message, which I appreciate. The 25, the grant of rights deal is up in, I think, the end of June in 25. So you would not be playing the 2025 season Right, uh, football. It would be twenty four. Would be the last season. I made that mistake earlier. Um, I, it, that is a little misleading, by the way. Um, let's let's talk about the conference that 
that guy got to play in, and let's talk about some of the semifinal games and what those scores look like. Yeah. You know, I I, I get it. He accomplished a, a lot, there's no doubt, but my God, Teddy, if you're any sort of a good coach at all, you should have accomplished that with the roster that you inherited and the conference that you've been playing in, you know? So, okay, right. I, I don't think – and that's my issue is people like him think that – Muleshoe is one of about four coaches in the country that could have had that same success at OU. The, right. the list is a lot longer than four. Uh, Brent Vittables is one of those on the list that I believe would have accomplished the same amount, if not more, than what he was able to accomplish. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the interesting thing about it, it well, Coach Stoops, Coach Stoops could have continued on and had, you know, a lot of people, yourself uh, included, think that the results could have been better specifically in that 2017 season. Like, that was the setup. That year, that was the setup. Um, so, I mean, here's the interesting thing, too. I, Whenever it comes to teams outside of – the the Big Twelve, you know, we just we didn't fare all that well. Beat Florida in in the Cotton Bowl. But, I mean, like half the roster didn't play. Right. Kyle Trask played a half. I mean, there's I, come on. We whipped up on Florida, and and that was a that was a, a good win. We were we were starting to play good football at that time. I'm not I'm not taking anything away from that win, but here's the thing: like the track record, honestly is like the best win Lincoln Riley had was his second win of his career mm-hmm. against Ohio State on the road. I think that's the only top five team that he beat. And that wasn't – like winning at Ohio State sounds great. And it was a great win. I Even I won't try to take away. Like that was a big-time win. But that also wasn't a banner Ohio State team. I mean, that was right. a Ohio State team that later that year – got pummeled by Iowa, bad by Iowa, and ended up as a two-loss team that missed out on the college football playoff. So it was yeah. a good win, but he didn't he didn't beat a, you know, a great SEC team or a great Alabama team that night. Yeah. Yeah, and so there's there's a little bit more to it, but yeah, I I really don't com- care to compare what Venables like record is going to be over the next five years to what Lincoln's was. I don't think you can do it over the next five years with the move to the new conference. Right, and I don't, I don't even really need to, because the things that are happening are already going to have way more influence on the type of football team that Oklahoma is going to have. Like I. I think the success, like, I don't know exactly what the winning percentage is going to be because I don't know who they're going to exactly play in all of those. And I don't know what those teams are going to look like. Um, so, so it's really hard to say. But the moves that he's making are going to have a, a tougher, a more detail oriented, and I believe a, a, a higher talented football program, football team. I think that's that's what's going to happen, and I 
I don't really. I, I shouldn't even say. I think that's gonna like that is gonna happen. The things that they're doing, the the, the result of the things that they're doing. It's it's hard to fathom it not working out with what we've already found out after three months. No, I, I hear you on that. It's almost right. like we don't actually. Everyone else is waiting until September, October, November to see if this is going to work out. But we're pretty convinced in March it's going to just by all the changes and all the good things that he's done. I'll hear like, that, man. I. I know it's going to work out. At a minimum, we will be the exact same as we were before, right? That's the minimum. We are. I think we're going to be a way more balanced football team. Like we can go into all of those different details. I think recruiting wise, we're going to be better. I not think. I know. I all of those things like the extra work and they kind of already are. That's what I'm saying is like it's not really a question, and a lot of it in Lincoln's defense are things that I feel like Lincoln probably asked for and was not able to get, but because of the whole situation and what went down, Venables has been able to get those things so far, and part of it is negotiating that before he came. Right. The other part of it is convincing the administration, the the people people above that this is the right move and this is what you've got to do and presenting a compelling case as to why this is going to work out and what ultimately over the next couple of years this could mean for what we have going on here. So, I mean, that's both of those are part of it. But this you know, past year was the most well-rounded recruiting class they've had in I, I don't even know how long. Yeah. And you know, we'll, and it was pretty close to being the highest rank they've had in, in quite some time, too. And if you land the five-star defensive lineman after the spring game, Levius Overton, it yeah. will be the highest-ranked recruiting class you've had in a long time. Where, where do you think they would end up if they do get the Overton kid? <sighs> they're, at, they're at eight now. Um, I would guess trying to bring up. I would guess six. I, I don't know like, what the points are immediately in front of them, but I'll, I'll guess six. Yeah. Let's see. Six or seven. Uh, Notre Dame is just ahead of them. They've got seven points more. Okay, then OU would jump them, I would imagine. And Penn State is at number six, and they've got 12 points more. Okay. So I don't know how those points factor in, but you know, you've, you've got a chance to move to seven and maybe even six. So before I get into this Big 12 spring preview article, which I disagree with, by the way. I'll ask you, going into spring, give me the three position groups you feel best about like right now. For the University of Oklahoma football? Uh-huh. The three position groups I feel best about. Uh, in no order, I feel really good about quarterback. I feel really good about I'm kind of shocked to hear myself say this running back okay I feel really good about linebacker okay maybe I should have asked you your three biggest worries because again Big 12 spring preview one burning question for every team is the title Oklahoma's is can the secondary step up and I'm like, whoa, whoa. um, what? Yeah. 
Uh, I thought offensive line was just a slam dunk automatic here, and if not offensive line, defensive line. Can they replace the talent? I'm not I'm not sitting here and saying that I think this is going to be the best secondary OU's had in 10 years, but right. that's, that's not – it's pretty low on my list of concerns going into next season or going into the spring. Yeah, that's interesting. Now, here's the thing. Like, that has been – a a glaring point of weakness routinely for Oklahoma football teams, right? When's the last time you would say that we had like what what people would consider a a really good secondary? Like cons- like we've had I mean, flashes. Oh nine, they were pretty good. I, I don't even I don't know if you go back that far, but I think there's been times when healthy recently where they've been pretty solid. Yeah, but I, I and I and I'll hear the argument the past you know eight years or so. Sure, it's been when OU's defenses have been really bad. It's when they've been really small and really weak at corner. Sure. Yeah. But this year, I mean, they still got a decent amount of talent coming back next year. Key Lawrence did some good things last year. Billy Bowman, you're hopeful about him. Uh, Woody Washington is coming back. You've got some young guys like Jaden Rowe and RSJ. We think could play right away. So I I don't know. I just. I was shocked that offensive line was not the obvious answer here. Yeah. Pass defense, Oklahoma pass defense efficiency rating, they were number uh, seven in the Big 12 last year. And that's not very good. That's kind of been where they have floated around. But um, I, the, the offensive line is definitely the, the biggest – but they've struggled there the last two years, and it's gone downhill. 2020 was a drop from 19. 2021 was a significant drop from 2020. So there's some, there's definitely some pressure there, and you're replacing some really important guys that have played a lot of football for you. Like the offensive line is, it's a huge need, and I think it'll tell the story of next season, right? Yeah. Like, if your offensive line exceeds expectations and they're back to being pretty good, then, buddy, let's, uh, let's like, have a real conversation about the college football playoff next year. Right. But if it's not and they're, they're still not performing to a very high level, then it's, it's, it'll, it'll be, there'll be some shaky moments next year for sure. Right. I mean, I'm just, I've got the um, Big 12 statistics up. And, you know, this was a, this was a huge problem down the stretch, and I'm bringing up sacks against. And I know we were dead last in the Big 12, and I think by a huge margin. Um, no, we ended up not being dead last. Uh, West Virginia was dead last. We had 33 sacks against compared to Oklahoma State that had 16, and they played in 14 games. Kansas, like, we were – West Virginia had 38, we had 33 – Right. Compared to the teams at the top, we're, we're double what they had. Yeah. We're double what they had. Sure. And that is not something that you typically see from Oklahoma. Now, a lot of that you can say is not necessarily on the offensive line. Uh, a young quarterback that was not seeing downfield very good and held onto the ball too long and ran himself into some trouble at times was definitely a culprit in that as well. But – 
sacks against and running the football like yards per attempt, not what we've seen. Fundamentally, they were a bad football team last year. I mean, I don't know if they're a bad football team, but they weren't fundamentally a good football team last year. They were a bad football team compared with what what they are capable of. Right. They had just enough talent on that team to make up for how fundamentally poor they were in a lot of the basic areas of the game. Mm -hmm. Like They were so talented, they still figure out a way to win 10 games. I know that there were no wins over some really impressive opponents, but that's the only thing separating that team last year from a – 10 and 2 season and a uh, what? 7 and 3 season or 7 and uh, 8 and 4 season. How about that? Yeah. And I think I think a lot of the issues from last year's team are are clean I like I don't think any of them are talent related issues. I think almost everything that we saw are culture related issues. Culture-related issues and like practice habit details, like expectations, and I'm not talking about like expectations for what the result of a season is. I'm talking about expectations on like how we handle ourselves, how we play football, how we handle the locker room, how we handle the offseason, like those type of expectations. I think all of the issues we had last year are totally curable. By the way you have you run the culture of your program and, and your team. So yep. took him thirteen games to play complimentary football last year. Yeah. Finally happened in the first half of the Alamo Bowl. Right. Odd how that happens. That sounds like a direct shot to former head football coach Lincoln Riley. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. And I want it to be known as such, if you don't, if you don't mind. <laughs> Quick timeout, more from The Rush coming up. Final hour rolls on. Teddy and Tyler, telling it like it is. Whether it's what you want to hear or not, every day from 2 to 6 on the home of Sooner fans. Reliable, fast, affordable. OEC Fiber was founded on the same principles that brought us OEC. 85 years ago. testing location. You can find a list of COVID testing locations at normanregional.com forward slash lab. You can also find a list of local testing spots at testokc.com. Please reserve the ER for emergencies. Brought to you by Norman Regional Health System. Riverwind Casino and Hotel bringing you hour number three of the rush on this Wednesday. Tyler and Teddy inside the Brown O'Haver Studios. I will get to the text line here shortly. Keep it coming, 651-3439. Uh, real quick, I'm, I'm going to read off the uh, rest of the Big 12, like what their major concerns are heading into spring. I, I want to hit Alabama, though, real quick, because you and I thought it was wide receiver, and I do think that's a question mark. Apparently, offensive line is the big question mark for Bama going into this year. A guy that covers them, uh, I might have a short memory, but when's the last time Alabama's offensive line was this up in the air? Plenty of returning experience, but not a single guy I'd lock into one spot. Of the 15 O-linemen on campus, at least 12 of them should be in the competition to start somewhere. You and I, I assume both think that Alabama will be just fine on the offensive line but for the first time in seemingly forever they're at least questioning it a little bit well can you read the first 
line. When's the last time Alabama's offensive line was this up in the air? That's what it says. Well, the very next line is there's plenty of returning experience. But not a single guy I'd lock into one spot. So they've got experience and maybe even talent, but their rotation is yet to be seen. Yeah. That seems really interesting to me. You've got returning experience, plenty of returning experience on an offensive line that just had one of the best offenses in the country and played in a national championship game. How is that like their biggest question mark? That's huh. that's the vibe I, there. Now well, I would say their, that their their definition of a question mark might be different no, than no, most I know. people's. I, I guess what I'm like, kind of what I'm alluding to is like I don't know that it's – if you're not sure who's going to start, that's one thing. But if you've got a bunch of experience on a line that just performed the way they did, one of the best offensive lines we've seen, and you've got a lot of experience coming back, and you're so talented that you're not even sure that those guys are going to start, that doesn't seem like a problem. But – I really I don't know much about the ins and outs of the situation. One burning question for every Big 12 team, 24-7 sports. Baylor, who steps up in the secondary, losing Jalen Petrie is a big deal. Yeah, it is. They're losing a lot of really, really good players on the defensive side, some of their, their best players at all levels. But they've got good guys coming back. And, you know, one of the things I was looking at as I was scrolling through those Big 12 stats, when it comes to interceptions – we had, I think, 11, and that was a good number for us. I don't think anyone else in the conference had more than 11, except for Baylor, who had 19. Jeez. So they were close to doubling up what most people Well, they got about the, 20% of that in the Big 12 championship game against Spencer Sanders. <laughs> That'll help out your numbers. Right. No Oklahoma doubt. State, what does the offensive line look like? This seem, seemingly is the question for about the sixth consecutive season. Yeah, I thought last year they made some good strides. The year before, they were really bad and and struggled mightily. Last year, they had injury issues. They were banged up on the offensive line. Throughout the season, and I think considering that, still had decent play. Not great, but decent. And part of it is they just ran the football a lot, uh, were super conservative offensively, and played to their defense. And that's why the O-line didn't necessarily stick out like a sore thumb. Talked about Oklahoma, but can the secondary step up? I I, I think that they'll be okay. I I think they'll be fine. How do you project the – Starting uh, secondary next year. Key Lawrence, I think, will be a starter. Um, Where? Corner or safety? I think Woody Washington and Key Lawrence. Gosh, that's tough. Um, How about DJ Graham, Woody Washington at corner, Key Lawrence at safety? That's a crapshoot right now. Yeah. Um, Billy Bowman, I think, will, will factor somewhere on, but he's not really the type of measurables that they love in terms of height. They like bigger dudes is what it sounds like. Yeah, I think I think Justin Broyles has a chance to play nickel. Yeah. Um, we'll see. I would say right now, Woody Washington, 
Don't forget about the Trey Morris and that North Carolina transfer. Right. He can play safety somewhere. The transfers are going to factor in, and I don't know enough about those guys to, to uh, You got a corner transfer from Wyoming coming in, too. Yep. So that, that, those are, that one's tough to evaluate. Like from the known, known guys on roster, I would say Woody Washington, starter at corner. I would pencil in Justin Broyles as starter at nickel as of right now. And I would put Key Lawrence as a starter, whether it's going to be at corner or safety. I'm not necessarily sure, but I think he's got a. Ha- I think he's got a real chance to have a monster year next year. Yeah, like he's the breakout star defensively. Mm-hmm. Iowa State. How does Hunter Decker's look? Well, not very good when he made his appearance in Norman last year. Tough, he- tough situation. I. He seems to be a, a pretty talented kid, but you know, with a multi-year starter in front of you like Brock Purdy, it's hard to get much time to really develop. Texas is Quinn Ewers is advertised. <laughs> uh, yeah, fall no. into that trap, guys. Here's the thing. Back to Iowa State. Brock Purdy had arguably – the best running back in the conference in Brees Hall, who just ran a 4-3 at Pro Day. Arguably the best tight end in the, in the conference in Charlie Kohler. And arguably the best wide receiver in the conference in Xavier Hutchinson. Like, those guys aren't all guarantees. Like You can make a case for all of them, though, right? And he still struggled at times. Like, all of those guys are gone. And Deckers is going to be stepping into that situation. Good luck, buddy. Good luck, buddy. Good luck. Uh, We're looking at Lincoln Riley's new house. This text says, why waste your time looking at the home of that a-hole? Hopefully an earthquake swallows it up when he and his family are Uh, not in it. At least they have the decency to say that at the end. Well, here's the thing. He's going to be handed a, you know, a... $17 $17 million check to go get another piece because of insurance. So Lane, you're not really accomplishing anything with that. Lane in California says Muleshoe got robbed. I paid 550 k for my house. I have an ocean view, only three bathrooms, and live amongst conservatives. Lane in California. How he about that? He does have a pretty sweet setup. I don't know how he got that for only 550 k but congratulations to him. Yeah, those pictures are taken off of Zillow, or he bought that house in 1972. <laughs> Wide receiver, D-line, quarterback, I asked you what your uh, you know, three, most, uh, three positions are you feel best about. There's that one. Wide receiver, D-line wouldn't be in mine. Wide receiver and quarterback would probably be in it, though. D-line is... D-line is really interesting. Um, I think Redmond has a chance to stick out. We'll see what the the transfer to, from Tulane adds to the situation. I think he could he could factor in. The real question for me is like who's going to emerge as the edge guy, the edge rusher that that really presses the situation there and gets to the quarterback and you know, really creates that havoc. Tackles for loss, um, sacks, creating chaos. That that's the question to me. I do think that defensive line has potential to be really strong. It does have potential. Well, that's the difference. There's there is a difference with the D line than the O line. My concerns are a little bit more with the O line. 
But the D-line's got a proven commodity. Like, wouldn't you say Jalen Redman is a proven commodity? I think that they have a, they got a star there. Offensive line, they've had guys that have played, but they don't necessarily have someone that's made the amount of plays or been as successful as Jalen Redman has been. Yeah. That fair? Yeah. Good with that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Um, yeah, but it, it's it's a question mark until we see how some of those guys are going to perform. I like the talent that we have in the backer room. I like that Deshaun White is back. He's got a ton of experience. I like uh, some of the young talent in Stutzman, in Shane Witter. Um, I'm interested to see... If Aguebu stays at backer, um, they've got some capable guys there. And, you know, the youngsters that they brought in this year, I think, are pretty strong. Kobe McKenzie, uh, Kip Lewis, uh, Kanick. I mean, those guys are, are all good players. We'll see how they factor in. If they can earn a spot on the field, I would say unlikely, but it's possible. Text line also wants to remind us that uh, allegedly – USC bought that house for Muleshoe. There was a report yeah. that that was – I don't know if we ever saw an official like report or like something officially of what the contract is and if the house was legit in that or, or not. I feel like the person that reported that like basically said a couple days later that it was just his best guess or something, <laughs> right? Yeah. Didn't Which, hey, happened? if I was Muleshoe – I would definitely negotiate real estate into my deal to having to move out to L.A. Right, and I know also it was it was reported that USC bought the house that he just built in Norman, and that was also not true. So yeah, one of them uh, still for sale, correct? One's been purchased. Maybe one that's right. Is, uh, I don't know. Still for sale. That may be right. Maybe right. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Couple of segments left. Stay tuned. Opinions. You've got them. We want to hear them. Sound off 24 7, 365 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405 651 3439. Final hour of the rush. We're inside the Brown O'Haver studio. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. It is the rush right here on the home of Sooner fans. Uh, I guess there's a Regents meeting going on right now, and the salaries of the football staff has been released. Brent Venable's six-year contract, $7 million that will increase by one hundred k each February. So that is a heck of a deal. $7 million a year. Um, Average about, what, 7-3 over the life of it? Probably. That- that's that's a heck of a deal for OU. Nice job there. Jeff Levy, three years, $1.8 million. That will have a uh, $100,000 increase each February. Nice. DeMarco, two years, four hundred k fifty k raise a year. Kale Gundy, two years, six ten ten k raise per year. Uh, Joe John Finley, five hundred and twenty. Bill Biedenboe, two years, eight twenty k per year. Ted Roof, three years, one point one million. Todd Bates, three years, four hundred and forty. Miguel Chavis, two years, six hundred k. Right. Valai gets six hundred and ten k. B Hall gets three hundred k. Here's someone that's underpaid. Jerry Schmidt, two years, six hundred and fifty k per year. 
Thad Turnip C three hundred fifty k for for two years. Yeah, um, you know, I I don't know exactly how. Um, you know, a lot of it works off off of like how long you've been there, right? And like Demarco Murray hasn't been a a position coach very long. Um, Brandon Hall hasn't been a position coach very long. Like some of those are, you know, I I would see I could see those growing rapidly. You know, for some of those guys, right? Yeah, yeah sure. Um, I, I don't – like Ted Roof, probably not, right? I don't think that he's going to be a coordinator that's in the north of $2 million range, but I would expect Lebby – I mean, Lebby's already almost there, but I feel like next year he'll probably be over $200 million per year. Right, yep. Um, wait, did you say $200 million per year? I mean, year? yes, I did. Nice. He, no, he, no he, he's going to be so awesome, it'll be $200 million <laughs> next hey, year. If it gives us a championship, it's worth it. He's, it's all funny money anyway. Why not? That's right. $200 million a year. Let's go. Now, I don't know. We'll make your contract say hey, whatever you want. You want it to say a billion? Fine. We'll if, pay you a billion uh, bucks. If you say you wouldn't pay that for a natty next year, <laughs> you are economically irresponsible but also a liar. I personally... Am willing to bankrupt the entire state for a national championship next totally. year. Totally, I think everyone, especially if it means beating both Georgia and Ohio and uh, Alabama on the way to the championship. Right? I'm down. Let's do it. Right. Bankrupt it. Who cares? It didn't affect us. Perfect. I'm uh, down for it. Let's do it. Big Twelve tournament starts tonight. Actually, in about 15 minutes. West Virginia at Kansas State. Uh, Kansas State's going to win that basketball game, but it really doesn't matter because they'll lose tomorrow. OU's got a ween against Baylor. Um, what, what time's tip? It's uh, six o'clock prime tomorrow, time, right? Six o'clock on ESPN. Yeah. I uh, want to feel optimistic about this game, and maybe by tomorrow I will, but someone's going to have to help me out, all right? Right, yeah. Uh, Twitter I, Sean that says that's Bidenflation language that I'm speaking right now. <laughs> Two hundred million. Uh, mm. I, I, I do not feel optimistic about a basketball victory tomorrow. But let me say this: I do think that we are capable of the win. I've seen them play them close. I, you're gonna just gonna have to have one of those nights, and it's possible to have that happen. Mo Gibson's going to have to shoot it well. I mean, he's, the, and he's had games where he's ga- been red hot. The games where they've like won in Manhattan or beat Tech at home, you know, like the better wins of the the Arkansas game, it's when he's shot the ball well mm-hmm. from the outside. So, yeah. I hate to make it as simple as that, but it's really kind of as, as simple as that. You're going to kind of get whatever you get from the other guys, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to get what you probably, you know, Goldwire, you know what you're going to get. Grows, both brothers, you know what you're going to get. Mo Gibson's really kind of the X factor and the difference maker. If he has like a 7 of 12 night, like he, he has had, what was that the um, was that the Kansas State game he was 7 to 12? Kansas State, the Tech game he had 30. Was it the Tech yeah. game? Well, no, because it was, it was one of their more recent ones. Oh, the Kansas State then. I think it was, it was Kansas State. Last Saturday. Yeah. Um, if he has a night like that. And you're smart with the basketball. Have a couple of uh, the calls go your way, which I know is highly, 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 highly unlikely. Well, they're not playing Kansas tomorrow, so they got a chance of getting some calls. Fair point. Fair point. It's possible. Unlikely, but possible.
I just hope that's enough, though. Yeah, I don't. I think there was some good news that happened today. What Wake lost, um, and they're right on the bubble, so that may sink their ship a little bit. Yeah, we are going to need a few other of those to to happen. We need conference favorites to hold. And have you seen the bracket? Do they reseed it? They're going to play the winner of Tech, and they're probably going to play Tech in the second round. Okay. Whatever. Not great. <laughs> Whatever. It doesn't. It doesn't really matter. The second I mean, round is not going to be a matchup unless that you, you want. were getting to play like TCU or Texas. Well, I I guess you never know. I you would expect the favorites to hold, but if I Iowa State could beat, I mean Iowa State could beat Tech. I get maybe you play Iowa State in the second round. I don't know. It just worry about winning tomorrow. Yeah. First off, yeah. Second round is. If you here's the thing, if you beat Baylor, like some people have a pretty strong feeling that you're in a good position to make the NCAA tournament, okay? And then at that point, who really cares what happened on the way there? You're there, and you get to start over new. Um, but if you win two games, can we say that they're definitely in I, they're, without they're, a doubt? They're, they're a lock in. Um. If they win two games, especially if it gets if it against Baylor, who's in like one seed territory right now, and Tech, who's obviously a top three seed, you may skip the line and get a bye in the first round. You know, not have to play one of those play in games. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, That's how big those two wins would be. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I, I, it's, it's not optimal, but it sucks to be faced with a. Um, like you're playing this game and you're you're still kind of unsure of what the result holds if you win. You know what I'm saying? It would be it would be way better to say to to know for sure you win this thing and you're in, man. You're in. That is that makes it a little more plain. You know what you you've got going in, and you try and go out there and take advantage of it. I know you'll never make it up there. God knows, I know. Yeah, you will never make it up there. But having uh, gone to the Big 12 tournament one time in Kansas City, that's one of the cooler events I've ever been to. That's pretty sweet, man. If, Anyone else out there that's listening, if you ever get a chance to, to make a trip up there, do it. It's really sweet. I may go to the T-Mobile Arena next week. Really? Yeah. And do what? Tool concert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's more like it. Tuesday, March 15th, Kansas City, T-Mobile Arena. What do you think? What did you wear to the Tool concert, by the way? Did you wear like a black t-shirt and some dark jeans? I wore um, jeans and a hoodie. A black hoodie? Black hoodie. Wow, you're so tough. Uh, uh, funny story. The black hoodie that I wore is... Um, it's a pretty unique hoodie and it's a nice one. It was, it was given to me as a gift and I wore it and I think it was the first time I'd ever worn it. And it was maybe a year or two old. There was a guy like two rows away from me that was wearing the exact same. Embarrassing. So embarrassing. Was he also middle-aged? Uh, I felt good because it was a younger guy, and I thought, hey, maybe this thing's still in style. Mm. 
Did you buy a uh, Tool t-shirt with all the city dates on the back? All the concert dates? I, I hope you did, because I bought a, a Billy Joel t-shirt for <laughs> $50, by the way, at the Billy Ooh. Joel concert I was at this summer, and you made fun of me the first day that I wore it, which you weren't wrong about it. I did not. Um, I guess there's something with the Tool tour concert or the Tool t-shirts that they are very rare and hard to get, so... They only have a limited amount of them at the wherever they sell them, and it you have to be there like way early to get them. Hmm. So no, sounds like a, Tol- a local Tulsa T-shirt company should have pirated the the, the uh, design and sold them outside, like at Fenway Park for the Billy Joel concert. That was going on, but <laughs> man, you have to love capitalism, don't you? Man, it's, it's fantastic. Good. It's good. You got a tour T-shirt? We'll make one for cheaper. And sell it uh, anyone for cheaper. that's watched Pam and Tommy is like, "Yep, capitalism happens in that one too." Yeah, 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 yeah. It sure does. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap the day up next. Stay tuned. This hour of the rush is brought to you by Riverwind Casino, casino and hotel, over twenty-seven hundred electronic games, thirty game tables, a twenty-four-seven poker room and the best in concerts and comedy. Riverwind Casino, just south of Norman on Highway 9 and I-35. Smart decisions bring the biggest returns, like the 2021 GMC Sierra, built on a foundation of professional-grade engineering that brings a strong performance year after year. Offering the world's first multi-pro tailgate, this tail... So there is no better time than right now to buy a new copier. If you want a thousand bucks, call one doc today at 633-3050. That's 633-3050. All right, final segment, wrapping it up on this Wednesday. I'll tell you, man, a tweet that got me all excited last night and things that I really like to see, file this one away under that. Uh, Coach Miguel Chavis, currently on the staff at OU, if you didn't know. He tweets out, Coach Secret number one. Tweets that say top 12, but recruitment still wide open, aren't worth the pixels they're written on. Until I'm in your top five, I just feel like one of the dudes on night one of The Bachelorette. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. That is funny. They're serious over there with recruiting in terms of being committed. If you're committed, that's great, but there's a meaning behind the word committed. And you you aren't taking other visits while you're committed. And don't be, you know, oh, you're in my top 12. Nah, let me know when I'm in your top five. How about that? Yeah, that is uh, – that's awesome. That's awesome. Man, I'm I'm fascinated to see how this thing goes. I, to cap off the recovered 22 class, if they could land a five-star defensive lineman in that, I think that would really set the stage – for what's about to happen. The momentum so. off of that would oh, be incredible, man. Oh, I my know gosh. It. I know it. I know it. And spring game is going to be huge recruiting weekend. we got to have a massive presence. That's that's going to help out a lot. Show these, show these recruits that this is going to be an elite atmosphere moving forward. All right, that's it for us. We appreciate you guys. Text line was awesome today. Sorry we had some early issues. You guys brought it. As you always do, keep them coming. You push the show forward. We appreciate you for that. Thank you to Pacifico. Go have a cold one.
Wake up every morning with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. It's the T-Row in the Morning Show with Toby and TJ Perry on the home of Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Sports Talk, 1400 AM, KREF, Norman, Moore, Oklahoma City, and 99.3 FM, K25-7DA, the Ref Sports Radio 